0: Menovation <laughs> You can check us out on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out our social media on Instagram at Menovation and Facebook at Menovation Podcast. Episode 17 of the Menovation. We are here this morning, still buzzing from our amazing episodes with Pastor Matt. Uh, wow, again, yeah. big thank you to him, Pastor Matt Tuggle. Check him out on Instagram. He's hilarious. Um, he posts some good stuff. But here this morning, we wanted to debrief a little bit from that. Um, so yeah, so what did you guys think of our first guest? What was your, what was your impressions coming away from that?
1: How do you top that? <laughs> that was Good. Uh, just a lot of depth of of knowledge, uh, emotion, uh, you know, just the stories, and I loved it. Like it was, it was such a learning experience. I was
2: taking notes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was taking notes when he was speaking. Um, you know the way uh, the way we, uh, that when he talks about how to raise your your kids, you know, and then mm-hmm. he has boys, and then he mentioned uh, about the how how to direct the girls that that part was amazing oh yeah yeah, yeah cuz it shows the presence of 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 women in the marriage right mm-hmm. that's you 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 raise them as as leaders as well when she said uh, cheerleaders right yeah he did yeah. he gave that example that was amazing yeah
0: i love that example it's that uh all men and it's amazing though, the whole cheerleader concept is is huge mm. so. it, it
2: seems like i mean what i like is like he has this concept he has the, the idea for me it's difficult to I, I know the concept and i know how to use it but he has the, the idea like how to represent it and how to transmit it you know mm. and i think it was really it was and i i was sitting on the other side of the, of the table thinking like that's why he's my pastor
0: yeah right yeah yeah no it uh, uh he clearly uh you can tell he's a pastor cuz he's just chock full of wisdom great speaker um and uh yeah, his uh yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where you know where to go. there's just so much good stuff, so much that I would agree with what with what he said. Um, here, let me go back and see if I can see some of the questions he posed, but, uh, did you guys have a favorite moment of that first episode uh, just the
1: what Abe was saying uh, of of his response to. Raising raising men, and you know, as fathers of daughters, what we can do to raise our daughters uh, differently, and what we should, yeah. you know, expect out of them. And that was really neat.
0: Yeah. the The question that we had was, uh, "What is the advice to men who are sitting back and shrinking from fatherhood?" That was like, that was, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. It was <clears throat> it was excellent. It was such a great episode. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna be doing more of that. That was just kind of, uh, the first one to get us rolling. We're thinking that we would, we'll, we'll record an an interview with somebody, uh, obviously release that, have our feedback in there. I even thought about doing the episode, doing our feedback, doing our thoughts, releasing the second part. I don't know. We'll play with it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that was, uh. That was uh, Pastor Matt. Definitely check out episode Breathe. 15 and 16. <laughs> I know I'm still congested, man. I swear to God. Uh, my voice sounds way better. I was very like nasally last week. So <laughs> it was good. Any other thoughts on uh, Pastor Matt in that first, that first interview? We don't want to spoil too much of the second interview. Oh, we definitely yet, need so. to have him back again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Looks like we
2: got a lot of responses, right? A lot of people listening. Everybody really liked it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, just keep letting us know your guys' thoughts, guys, whether you're texting us, uh, DMing us. um, Definitely make sure, obviously, you're following us on uh, social media uh, just so you can stay up to date on all those things because we will definitely promo who we got coming out. um, But you don't want to miss any innovation. But but
2: also, no, we can hear him uh, at our church as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I was so, just gonna say yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. after the after the podcast, mm-hmm. I I told you guys, I was like, we're yeah fortunate to be under such leadership. Yeah. Right. And, yes. And if you're if if you don't have people like that in your life, um, even just personally, I think that if you find a church or an organization or or anything like, you know, where there are men of that character. Uh, that can be yeah. of influence in your life, you've got to find them. Yeah.
2: Again, uh, we have great speakers in and, mm-hmm. and our church. And when I hear him, you know, it's, it's, I never was a guy who took ta- notes yeah. until I went to Awaken. Really? You know, yes. Wow. I mm-hmm. usually keep, uh, keep the principles, whatever I learned, you know, it was really weird. But now I like to take notes because yeah. they say things like, oh, they, they put it in a sentence. That's what I like. Yeah, they put that. The, <laughs> they they explain it to you, but then they put it in a sentence. It's like, very tweetable. This is what yeah. I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It's very social media but worthy. I, I had a
2: dream <laughs> yesterday or last night when I saw that our church was packed. Mm. It was really, there was no place where to sit. Wow. Yeah, and 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 the people was they wanted to hear. They wanted to hear the speakers. Wow. Well, I'm excited about it. So yeah, I, I'm just saying if you want to come, you know our church is amazing. So.
0: Yeah, we are located in Utah, so you, you won't, won't have, have to move do. if you're in yeah, Or San Diego. <laughs> or San Diego, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Soon to be maybe Idaho. Soon to be maybe Idaho. I keep, yeah. keep hearing that through the grapevine.
2: What about listeners in uh, India? Are we getting a lot of
0: listeners in India? Uh, we're getting a couple. Okay. Yeah, we're getting a couple. We're getting mainly uh, Utah, California. Uh, we have some Texas and a couple on the East Coast. New Zealand? Wow. Wow. Uh, no New Australia. Zealand. Yet. Australia. I have yes. a buddy that lives wow. there.
2: Are they active? Do they um, make comments? Because I haven't checked, you know.
0: Usually people are just, uh, you know, no. <laughs> but we got some more reviews. So if you guys really like those last episodes, make sure to head over to iTunes. That always helps. Um, it's still the biggest podcast yep. place in the world. Yeah. There's a lot of like smaller ones that are trying to come up, but <clears throat> iTunes is still the biggest in terms of leaving reviews and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we would, we would love to hear from you guys. Um, we're pushing it because we don't ever want this to just be a one-sided conversation, right? The whole idea of Menovation is obviously sharing our journey with you, but then you sharing your journey with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we definitely want to build that community because that, this, that's what this is for us is um, we're not just here to twiddle our thumbs every once in a while to talk into a mic. We really want to make an impact um, so just let us know how we can do that. So anyway, so yeah, that was our first guest. Uh, I think it went really well by the time this episode comes out episodes, this is episode 17. So episode mm-hmm. yep. 16 will have already come out. Um, and we might as well, talk about, it. Yeah, we might as well talk about That, yep, one that one was powerful. Yeah. We might as well talk about that one a little bit too. That one was powerful. Yeah, but Pastor Matt, his adversity thing is just, is huge. Yes. Yeah. Were you going to say something?
1: No, just oh. just the the story that he shared with us of his personal you know, struggles and and the emotion behind it, and like the fact that he's still fighting through that, right that's' yeah. just so awesome
0: it's just it's it's incredible that all the things that we go through as humans, right mm-hmm. and you would never have guessed that just looking at him that a year or two years ago that his son almost died, um especially seeing his kids. Like they're, you know, right. they're young, healthy boys, you know, running yeah. around being crazy. Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting just the things that we go through or, you know, people that have faced death or, um, there's so much experience in quote unquote ordinary people that. Yeah. I need think to get that, out there.
2: and I'm just thinking like, um, many, many of us, we just, uh, wait until it happens, something like that. And to and learn the lesson, right? But it's a lot. There is a lot of uh, to learn from other experiences.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah.
2: So that's what I was. I was listening to him, and you know, he has a a lot of of experience to to give. You know, regarding mm-hmm. that situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, but definitely uh, check those out. Uh, we're going to talk about more about adversity um, in possibly the next episode. But one of the big things that Pastor Matt really kind of unpacked and was really hammering home was Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, everything seemed to kind of come back to Jesus. Everything was rooted in Jesus. There's a foundation on it. And uh, whether you fully agree with exactly what he said and, you know, all those types of things. And we can even talk about that a little bit is the, how you can read the Bible and come to two different outcomes right? Mm -hmm. Like you read the same passage, you come to two different outcomes. Um, but does someone want to kick us off? Like why for each of us, we don't have to to, like go to crazy big into this, but why Jesus for us? Why, why have we put our hope and faith in Jesus versus the other things of the world? Um, because you hear a story like pastor Matt's and you're like, okay, well, you know, he's putting all of his eggs in one basket, so Mm. to speak. Um, And if he hadn't, it would probably would have turned out much differently for him. So why, I know it's kind of a big question, but why as men on this podcast, do we put so much hope and faith into Jesus? It's a big question. It's a big question.
2: (laughs) I think uh, it's necessary to explain that in my case, I grew up as a Christian, you know, when I... When I'm, everything that i remember is going to church uh, and this this was in mexico and and learning about uh, the principles you know classes uh, and uh, growing in, in church right uh but one thing is the church and another one is your relationship with with god or jesus and, or or jesus at certain point in all my life, I was lost in mm. the church. Didn't make sense. I was going because my oh, parents yeah. gave that to me, you know, right. mm-hmm. yeah. but it didn't match. You know, there was a time when, when uh, I remember I, I used to uh, be part of a group of uh, a music group in, in the church. That's where I met my wife. Was, <laughs> oh, little, yeah. Wow. Okay. I was little, um, but, um, uh, I remember that after singing and in a church in a choir, it was actually a choir, we went to sleep and then they we usually pray after that. Mm-hmm. And and they just the, the the praying was the prayer was powerful. They were praying and I'm there and I'm dry. I don't feel anything. Mm. Anything. And I was like, what's going on? I was like 14, 13 years old. Yeah. And I I was like, I went to my dad and I said, Dad, I don't feel anything. I, I don't feel anything, you know. So I realize now I can realize that I was lost.
0: Yeah. You know, I was
2: lost. Now when you ask me why, and this is this is the biggest question that the biggest question that that a lot of people ask and and why I don't feel or or, for me Jesus is hope. Yeah. For me Jesus is hope. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. Yeah. I have hope. And I learned that through my the the way uh, through my my life. That every circumstance that I can go through, I know he's going with me. Yeah. You know, and that's the reason why I I, I chose him. Yeah. And I'll keep doing, it. it's a relationship. There's a, the Bible said that, that he is willing and he's anxious trying to establish a relationship with you. Yeah. yeah? So it's not about going to the church and following a protocol. It's about getting to know him mm. and he's mm-hmm. real and he, he can, if I can hear you, if you can hear me, you know, you can hear jesus you can you can hear God talking to you you can there are some ways that you can listen every morning i w- I woke up i I just start my life with him, and that's the reason why uh i i I think that I can survive many of the circumstances that I've been mm. through in my life. It's yeah. not being easy, you know there are some times that when you you struggle. But then, at the end, you know that there there was a purpose. So Jesus is my, for me, is my everything.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: My, it's mine. It's my everything. I wouldn't sure. have anything if, if I don't have him.
0: Yeah. No, it's uh, <clears throat> it's interesting because that's was the thread of a lot of what Pastor Matt said. There was hope in the dark times. There was, and when he was talking about different um, principles and all that kind of stuff, it was all built on the fact of who Jesus is. Uh, and we wanted to unpack this a little bit because some of you may not be christians some of you be like i don't even know who this pastor matt guy is um he's just a guy but it's it's how it's how jesus continues to shape um our outcome right obviously you said you're about 14 yeah. when you kind yeah. of know god yeah. and uh obviously it's turned you into i would assume the man that you are today
2: yeah i mean he's actually i was i was praying the other day i realized that everything that i have it doesn't i don't have it because i make it happen is because mm. he, he did it yeah. for me. I don't have anything, you know, he is the one that is being, uh, supporting me,
0: mm-hmm. uh, you know,
2: when I was coming and that's what I was mentioning. Um, I, I, I grew up in Mexico and
0: yeah.
2: my wife, uh, she grew up here. I mean, she came when she was younger and, uh, and then they moved back. I, I was, they went on vacation, I remember because she used to sing with me and then suddenly she disappeared. Okay. I didn't see that church. I was like maybe 11 years old or nine years old. I can I remember. And then um, she moved uh, to Utah uh, at that time. And then when she went on vacation, that's when I saw her, you know, I was like, oh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Right. How are you? you know, and, uh-huh. but, but then we got married in Mexico after several years, you know, I don't want to into details it'll take oh, too much no. time we, we need it we, need no, to no, that no. Story we don't want day. the details one day that. one day <laughs> <laughs> but and then we got married there we have our first two kids um i graduated from engineering electronic uh um degree i have a uh, degree in engineering and i was working in, in the college i was teaching teaching and i didn't have enough you know mm-hmm. the financial situation was difficult mm. so was this in uh where in Mexico? In Mexico, um Merida, Yucatan, okay. really close to Cancun. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's how everybody is like identified where, where. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I didn't obviously don't know where that is. Yeah. But if I said Cancun, most of the people say, ah yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So um I'm there and we're struggling and then I already have I already have two kids. Uh that time I'm living in one house that my my in-laws built when they moved trying to live in Mexico a few years ago, and then mm-hmm. they realized that it wasn't the right time and they came back to the USA. Right. So they left the house for us and even having the house and working in a college as a teacher, you know, we were not making enough. Mm. It wasn't enough. So child, uh, we got pregnant again, you know, and that's when everything mm-hmm. start, my mind start to uh, think about how's it gonna be in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 the way, the reason why I'm telling you this story is because I remember my father-in-law, um, I was driving with him, I came to pick him up to, I can't remember, I think it was
0: Monterey, he is flew. It, is it the time when you were supposed to drive, but you didn't? Yes. Because you didn't have your license? Oh, that, that's <laughs> a story.
2: I was supposed to help him driving. Yeah, you told us. I was us. so young. And I, I said, I, he, he was going from USA to Yucatan, right? He was driving. He's going to take a vehicle. And I said, I can meet you in the middle, in the border,
1: and then I can drive.
2: Okay, right. So I went to see him. I flew over there. He picked me up at the airport. And you didn't have your license. And I didn't have my license. <laughs> so irresponsible. Every time I think about it, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. So anyway, he was driving, we were driving, we were on that trip and he was talking to me about uh, USA. At that time, I already visited Utah. Uh, mm. I visited char when we were um, young, right? So I remember me, I remember him saying, whenever you want to come, just let me know. I I can, I can, uh, I can help you, right? so, that um, moment stayed on my on my mind, and I remember arriving to Mexico, and three days later, Shara was like, "I'm pregnant." Wow. Oh jeez! <laughs> and I was like, "What? I'm pregnant." Wow. So that moment, when my father-in-law telling me, "If you need me, let me know," it came right away. It's kind of like a flashing moment, and I try to reject it because it's a difficult decision. You try to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to leave my family. I don't want to live my the place where I live, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. It's being mm-hmm. there, but and it, not knowing what you're going to have here is difficult. But I remember telling God, if it's your willing, you know, show me. Mm-hmm. And I start to walk that on that direction, yeah. I I I start to get visas, which is the, the permissions to enter the the the, the country. But the thing is when I went to get um the American permission to come into yeah. the country yeah now I'm talking that from that moment till the time that I have to uh, to do an interview it was like maybe 4 or 5 months you know and I remember being on that window uh waiting it's it's a mm. it's a room with a lot of people and there are the the USA um uh, how do we call them representative, you know, mm-hmm. in that window, mm-hmm. they have a microphone. So you can hear everything that they interviewing the people who wants to go into the USA, right? Sure. And, and you're seeing that you can see people being rejected. Like, no, you can't go to our country. And wow. people crying, like, I sure. want you to go. Yeah, yeah. People, they were caught lying, you know, mm. saying, this is my husband when it wasn't the husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and so, I remember asking God, and this, this is the reason why I follow him. And, and you might call him a coincidence, you might call him whatever you want to call him, but every person that stands on that window gets uh, at least four or five questions. So I have all my paperwork. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment when I, when I said, this is a moment when I need to test if God wants me to go there or wants,
0: Sorry, wants me to go. Sorry, super random question. Were they interviewing you in Spanish? uh they do in spanish okay yeah they do in spanish. i don't know why i thought about that keep going yeah
2: they do it in <laughs> spanish so um i i grabbed my documents you know and after seeing several people, i'm talking about maybe a couple hours waiting wow for you you yeah. already still like 40 50 people being interviewed yeah and i remember just right before i stand, I stand in that window saying god if it's your will Mm-hmm. I, I want that lady that's going to interview me. I don't want any questions. Wow. I don't want any questions. Wow. That wow. Was, <laughs> yes. So I stand up with my documents. I have everything ready. But They ask you for bank accounts. Uh, wow. Uh, where are you living? Uh, documents, personal documents, your your degrees, where are you working? You know, they, mm-hmm. they ask for several documents. I have it everything in a folder. I just gave it to her. hmm she started to go through him. It was amazing how she grabbed the 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 stamp and she said, approve. Wow. At that moment, I was like, oh. Wow, no <laughs> guess questions. To go. No questions Wow! at all. And that's been one what, instance. What did she say to you? She just said, approve. That's it. That's all that she said. <laughs> wow. and, and the only thing like, that she that? asked me, and she said, you got to bring uh, one birth certificate from your your. Boy, that it wasn't there something was wrong with the birth certificate uh-huh. and then she said but you're approved we're gonna start to, to do that wow just like that just like that that's crazy and that's one thing that when when you can see and and, and, and I can tell you after being here and I have a successful life mm. you know my kids are being raised properly you know I didn't I, I got I arrived here and my father-in-law already have a card for me telling me hey it wasn't an old uh, car, but it worked. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And it wasn't an easy. If you ask me, uh, how it was, the beginning it was difficult. It mm-hmm. was difficult to to survive here. Mm-hmm. You know, um. But now I can see the guy had a purpose. Mm. I didn't have this uh, level of English. Yeah, I didn't have that. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, when that's the reason why I follow him, because without him, I don't know. Maybe I probably I will be there. Uh, struggling with the financial situation and and I just don't know how people can live without without god and mm. in, in, in my perspective um so for me, following him and and listening to to his voice i i learned i learned how to do that mm-hmm. how to wait until he said, "Do this you know yeah. sometimes we should be more uh believe more there are sometimes that. But um, that's the reason why I follow him. Even right now, on their, every day, I was like, okay, what do you want me to do? What mm. do you want me to do with what you have gave to me? Uh, managing uh, the people I'm managing. I want to bless them. I want to be someone that can serve them well. I want to be someone that can influence them and, and help them to succeed the same way I'm succeeding. So yeah. that's the reason why I believe in, in, in Jesus.
0: That's good. One of these episodes, I definitely want to hear your full immigration story. Both of yours. Like the mm, full yeah. full shebang. Um, but that's that's another episode. Yeah. Go up to another thing. That's good. That's great, Abe. I love it. Um, Benny, you want to share? Well,
1: I mean, the story of
0: Jesus is irrefuted, right? Like, mm.
1: historically, no one disagrees that Jesus existed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even, you know, Islam you know, says that he, mm-hmm. he was true and they call him a prophet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but not really the son of God. Um, so historically, the accounts of Jesus are accurate. Uh, and so when you consider that and and look through the story of Jesus and what he's done and, and why he did what he did, you can't think of any other human that would have done what he did. I mean, you could talk about Gandhi. You could talk about Martin Luther King Jr. You could talk about Mother Teresa. You could talk about all these great people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, even Gandhi acknowledged Jesus, right? Wow. Uh, so one person in history that has done what they've done, and for the reason what they've done, what they've done uh, for for mankind, for us, for all of us, Um, knowing that story and understanding what he did, uh, how he gave up his life for us. Mm. How can you not follow something like that? Right. Uh, for me, that's like, it's just a, I was raised in it. I didn't ask to be a Christian growing up in India. I mean, you know, a large majority of Indians are Hindus, uh, you know, there are parts of India where Christians and Muslims are tortured and killed, mm. uh but and and my still family, to this day, oh
0: yeah, wow. Is are they mm-hmm. are they tortured by a certain sect of like faith in India, or is it like mostly a, Hindus, like a Hindu? Yeah, okay. yeah. Really, what? Uh, sorry, I don't like, want to get too much into the weeds, more
1: but. Uh, more like northern, like Amy's been to to. Uh, where uh, those kinds of things happen quite often. Uh, I don't know if you remember the story of uh, missionaries. I think they're from Australia, uh, the Staines family. Okay. Uh, so the father and his son were burnt alive in their Jeep after a conference uh, wow. in, in India. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that stuff still happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: but for, for my family, like, I didn't ask to be a Christian. I was born into it. Sure. Sure. Um, but for my parents, for my family, uh, they had to fight to be Christians. They had to, to fight, you know, opposition from their families, uh, to, to be Christian. So like seeing, seeing their faith and seeing how they had to put up a fight to, to believe in this, you know, doctrine and to believe in, you know, Christ and who Jesus is, uh, growing up, I didn't really care for it. I didn't like, you know, it was all stories for me. Wow. Um, interesting. But now, you know, as, as I've gotten older and and as I've continued to stay in church, despite not wanting to be in church for a long while, like you, right? Like, uh, I, I was in church because my parents took me to church. I didn't go to church because I wanted to be in church. Mm, I'd, yeah. I would have rather, I mean, there were times even growing up in India, I would go to church with my parents and then sneak out and go watch He-Man with my friends. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, He-Man, I love it. <laughs> uh, and, you know, even after I moved to the U S like, you know, like I would go to church and mm-hmm, kind of sneak mm-hmm. out and, you know, go hang out. Yeah. Um, But over time, like, staying with it and and allowing god to work in your life even though you don't believe it uh, just like you were saying most people that are christians i think will at some point in their life say this even though they're christian would say mm-hmm. god if if you're real or you know or or if if this is your will do this in my life right yeah, totally totally uh, and so sticking with sticking with it even though i did not understand it even though i didn't want to be there Um, like I, I started to over time hear different preachers and uh, like you, you, you feel that conviction, like you want to do something more in your life. And, and I, I kind of went out and explored Christianity for myself Yeah. and there's nothing else I would rather believe in. And this more when you got to the States. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I was like 11 when I left India, so I didn't really, you know, think very much. Like for me at that point, it was just hanging out, having fun, reading comic books. (laughs) That age. Yeah. That's a hard transition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Moving from from Bangalore, India to the Bronx in the late 80s, early 90s.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was a rough transition. Wasn't that the massive crime wave? Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: Wow. Uh yeah, it was a rough transition. And so like even through all of that, right, like it was easy for me to to hang out with the wrong crowd, to mm. to to not be bullied, to not be uh you know, you know picked on and, and all of that. So yeah, yeah. um it was it was rough. And then through it all, like I I continued to stay in church and, and even though I had conflicts with people in church and I had conflicts with the leadership and I had conflicts with teachings, all of that, right? Like Mm -hmm. I still continue to stay with it mostly for the sake of honor. And that's, you know, Indian culture as well is you honor your family while you're, while you're under their roof. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so I stayed in church because of that. And that kind of over time helped me to see, you know, the, the power of Christ in, in my life. Yeah. And so there's nothing more that I would, you know, follow. I mean, that's 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 all I need.
0: Yeah. 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 It's yeah. funny because I think we all have somewhat of that story. Obviously, I didn't migrate here and my mm. parents didn't have to fight to become a Christian. Um for me, Jesus was a very different journey. Uh my you did migrate here though from a third world country to a world. Yeah. So I was uh um Oddly enough, my family moved here. We're not originally from here. Um, and Utah is obviously pr- predominantly LDS. Uh, and so we were actually, we lived in a really small town, um, as Ben was saying. Uh, Where did uh, your family come from? So I had a lot of family come from Washington. Okay. Uh, and Alabama. Alabama? Wow. Yeah. I okay. got a lot of family from the East Coast, um, or this kind of that area. So. So we ended up here because my uh, my great-grandma worked for uh, the government, and mm-hmm. the Chula Army base is out in mm-hmm. Chula, obviously. So she ended up, I think that's why we, um, we. so she started working there. I'm sorry, her husband at the time started working there, and then that's how we ended up in Chula. So for my, my grandma, not my great-grandma, even though my great-grandma worked for the government, too. Uh, but that's a different story. Um, Anyway, so. A yeah. geogra- geography lesson as well. You, you got to spell tuula okay, Tuila. <laughs> <laughs> Tuila is spelled T O O E L <laughs> E. Not Tule, not whatever. Tuila. Tuila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just a small, dinky town in Utah. Um, and the only reason it's there is because, like I said, the Army base was there. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, Uh, there's different like manufacturing and and whatnot out there, but anyway, so yeah, so we went to, my grandma went to a small AG church, um, Assemblies of God and, uh, grew up there. So I was kind of, I was exposed to it, but I really wasn't interested into it. I went to a youth group for a short period of time in high school. Um, but like my dad wasn't a believer at all. Um, my mom, for the most part, wasn't It was really my grandma who was connected to it, and then later my aunt. Um, so then, from there, uh, like I said, I' have been exposed to it. it really wasn't my thing. I went went to college. um and at this point, I was pretty rowdy. like I really wasn't I wasn't like super, super rowdy, but I was rowdy enough. Um I wasn't into like hardcore drugs and that kind of stuff because uh, I had my own experiences through college. But in high school, Um, It was kind of ironic. So my buddy was trying to sleep with this girl that he knew. uh, and She happened to be Christian. But she said, well, if we're going to date, you got to go to church. Of course, (laughs) right? So anyways, uh, he was actually quite talented at playing the guitar and all these things. So he started going to church with this girl because obviously he's trying to have sex with her. uh, And that's what we do. And uh, um, he ends up meeting the like high school pastor at the time. And the high school pastor was basically Sodomite. He's like, oh, you can play guitar? Sweet, come hang out with me, kind of a thing. And uh, the high school pastor was a high school pastor. He's rowdy and, you know, all these things. And and, uh, so my buddy has his own kind of conversion story, but I remember he tells me, he's like, oh, you got to meet this guy. His name is Kenny. And um, he, uh, so yeah, so we just... We hung out a couple times and then we had this one conversation outside of Starbucks until like, I don't know, like 2 a.m. And Kenny's like this big black guy from the South. Um, Crazy story. So we were talking about, you know, just different things and we were talking about the journey. And it really was a timing thing because he, it's the old trope of. Oh, well, I'll, I'll come to Jesus when I'm got my stuff sorted or right, you know, all those mm-hmm. of things. I'll yeah. walk into a church yeah. and I'll burn just kind of that old trope. And, uh, I just remember his answers were so different at the time and he was very much a, um, you know, you're never going to be ready to come to Jesus. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird, you know, cause you do, uh, you know, you don't you know, know yeah, any that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but really it was through a, a relationship with him. Uh, through community, he invited us into his family. At that time, he had uh, five kids. No, oh, oh, yeah, five kids, um, all under the of the age of like, like twelve. Mm-hmm. So they had a bunch of kids, and he was actually in a mixed race uh, relationship. His his wife was white, um, and so it got to add a, just a different dynamic to everything. Right, we got to hear some of his background and her background. Um, it was just really cool. And they were just the epitome. You know, you'd go over to their house. You'd hang out with their kids. We'd all eat. They had these massive kitchen table. We'd all mm. eat, you know, and then you're up until, you know, 2 a.m. talking about life, talking about Jesus. And he, this was right at the time when, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but when Rob Bell came out with his first book, um, mm. I think it was called Velvet Elvis. Velvet Elvis? Was that the second book? Anyways, it was like Rob Bell's first big book. And it was around that time that a lot of those speakers and those preachers at the time came to prominence. Now Rob Bell's off the rocker. But at the mm. time, I think it was Velvados um, that he was going through his own kind of journey at the time. And then he wanted to start a college ministry. We were kind of the first kids into this church that uh, started. It was like a handful of us. Um, but there was other college-age kids there and all that kind of thing. So It exploded where we had like 50 people showing up. Um, mm. And it was a it was a really cool experience because we would sit in this tiny high school. They called it the shed, literally a big shed. And um, we'd have this, re- I remember this, we'd have this really intense worship where everybody would be crying and mm. they'd be playing music like literally in front of you because it was a tiny shed. So it was loud. It was super intense. And then I remember we would do Bible studies where, I was like rough. I was rough. Like I remember this one time, uh, Kenny was praying and then he wanted me to pray. And I said something to the effect of, God, forgive Kenny for being a pussy. And, oh. and, uh, <laughs> and but he, he was so welcoming with that. He never yeah. told me don't do that. Mm-hmm. He never did any of that. He just let me be me. And, um, and then we would, t- I remember we did a Bible study on the book of Romans. This was kind of our college group took us a year to get to the book of Romans because we were, we would scream at each other. We would yell at each other. People would be debating because we had like people from all sorts of backgrounds. You had me that had like no religious, you know, no anything. And you had people that were like from the Midwest, from the Bible belt. And it was this, because we had a guy from Kansas. We had another girl from Indiana and it was just this crazy, just young kids, right? He loved it. He loved the chaos. But it was through that combination of that I was shown the love of Jesus because he was so inviting and so welcoming and he loved me exactly where I was, right? I said that really off-colored thing and he didn't shame me. He didn't do any of that. Mm. He just let me be me. And then I would cuss. I still cuss, unfortunately, but I would cuss. (laughs) I would do all these things and then we would debate about the Bible and all and just blah, blah, blah. Any of these other leaders that were starting to show up and, and it was just through that. It was through someone being open and honest and real that showed me this other side. And one of the biggest things for me is because I came from a small town that's known for its pregnancy rate, its drug use, all these things were like, one of some of the highest in America? Some, some of the highest in America is a little town in Utah. Uh, and I had my own pain and all this kind of stuff. I was just super angry. and But it was through all of that where I was just tired of being angry. You know, when I went to college, I go from living in a small podunk town Mm -hmm. to living on the beach in Santa Barbara. And it's really hard to debate the beauty of Santa Barbara, Mm. right? It's a rich beach town, basically. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's just gorgeous. And I remember going there and obviously God was working on me at the time, but like I started to get less angry, less angry, less angry. And it was, it was a very interesting time because my best friend before I moved to college, um, I would tell him, I was like, this place is amazing. Like, it's great. You know, it's happy, blah, blah, blah. And I remember this very distinct thing. Sorry, I'm going to take it a long time, but, You're good. um, so he moved there and I remember this, this was around the time when I was just discovering Jesus. I was reading, mm-hmm. reading this velvet, Elvis, this velvet Elvis book. And he was very anti-religion because he is from Utah. His brother ended up being LDS. He was just very against all of it. And he was like a, a Wiccan, all this kind of crap. Um, Anyways, that's another story, but, and I remember he was still angry where when I moved to Santa Barbara, it started to lift, right? I got out of Twilight, right? You basically, you know, you can't run from your problems, the whole kind of mm, thing where you take yeah. it with you. Yeah. It was very much my story where I started to shift. I started to be exposed to different things. I started to be happy. I wasn't angry and pissed off at the world, you know, like yeah. this young rebel. Um, and I started to change dramatically. And it was around that time where, of course, God was there and he was, you know, through Kenny and all these things in and, and the youth group. And I remember watching him. And I was like, he's still angry. We're in this beautiful place surrounded by amazing people. And he's still angry. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want that anymore. And, we are, yeah. and I did a bunch of dumb stuff, but um, it was through my stupid mistakes. And then the fact that I was starting to follow Jesus that our, our relationship shattered. And we lived in the same room for like a year and didn't speak to each other. Wow. Oh. It sucked. Um, anyways, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of with like with you guys. It's like God just showed up. And I remember yeah. the day that I accepted Jesus, like fully accepted him. Um, it, was through, it was always through worship. God like just worked me over and during worship every time. It was always intense. I don't remember in those first months or whatever it was, there wasn't a time I wasn't crying. Mm. Because God obviously was just healing and revealing mm, and doing the yeah. things that God does, yeah. um, and it just shattered every paradigm I had and all these things. And I remember this one worship time, I was sitting there, and uh, one of our college groups. We t- remember that movie Dogma.
1: Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, where yeah,
0: you have to watch it. But in one of the scenes, Jesus is um, or god i either one—was um, basically displayed as like this woman who's doing cartwheels, right? <laughs> I don't remember the context, but that was, I remember mm-hmm. that scene. And we actually watched Dogma and we're talking about it randomly in the group. And I remember I'm on my knees, hands raised, and God is just like, it was the moment. And that was the, that moment that I decided to give my life to Jesus. You know, all these things. Watching the movie Dogma? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what happened was is uh, Kenny walked up because he knew exactly what was happening, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm just like a mess. I'm crying, knees, hands raised, the whole thing, you know, you know, just kind of having that moment. And remember, Kenny walked up and he's like, God is doing cartwheels in heaven right now because it was obviously referring yeah. to yeah, And it was just a really cool little moment. And it was, you know, because obviously the Bible talks about when people come to salvation, there's a party and all these things. Um, and that was it. That was it. I was like 21, 20, wow. 21. And I'm 36 now. Um, but from that moment, I was, was like with you guys, like sold out, didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus just totally changed my life. And I would not be the man I am today without Jesus, mm-hmm. hands down. It's yeah. Just like you guys.
2: So, you, yeah. You you mentioned that, and that's important. Like, uh, there is a moment when you are face to face with who you are and what you're doing. I mean, that's the yeah. moment when you have to take a decision and yeah. you realize you can see the things that you're doing that. And that's what God does. You know, you you start to show you where are you failing mm, mm. and what, and, and the chances that you're going to get if you don't yeah. step out of that yeah. kind of life, yeah. that's when you got to take a decision. Yeah. And unfortunately some people decided just to pass those moments, you know, but honestly, I mean, when I see my family, my kids, my, my wife, you know, I love my wife. I love my kids. It's because God, once he takes you, once, once you start a relationship with him, he just makes it better oh, and better. Totally. He starts yeah. to show you how, to, uh, how, how, to, how he can help you to get the things better, you know? Yeah. And your life will start to be uh, great.
0: Yeah, yeah. And good theology will not leave you at the cross, mm-hmm. right? Obviously the cross is a very distinct moment it's powerful. It mm-hmm. kind of what sets, it's yep. kind of the beginning. Right? It's the beginning only. It's what sets you up. Yeah. But it's what happens beyond the cross ah, that's so yes, powerful. That's right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. That moment when you come, you accept Jesus is huge. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in a church that doesn't take you beyond the cross, there's something missing. Yes. Because yes. there's so much more to Jesus. There's so much more healing. There's so much more completeness yes. to it. So, Um. but yeah, this is this is basically what Pastor Matt was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and all the things that he had learned and was sharing, and um, obviously all of us here are very much have that same experience. That's kind of what brought us all together. So, yeah. Um. But anyways, that's kind of our reflection a little bit. We wanted to share a little bit why Jesus for us. Um. That's episode seventeen. Just like that, forty-five <laughs> minutes is yep. over. Um. Next episode, we're gonna reflect on episode sixteen. Um. So make sure you check that out. You have not listened to episode 15 and 16. Be sure to do, or obviously this episode will have zero context. Um, Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of good stuff. Check us out. We're even listening to podcasts. This is Menovation, episode 17. Signing out.